Well, last week uh, we uh, started a two, just a two-part series that we're doing on the joy of the Lord. And last week, um, the Lord had spoke to my heart just that afternoon about the direction that we would go in. And uh, he, he, he gave uh, me, I knew I was going to start out in Nehemiah, um, you know, where it says, do not sorrow or do not be sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and, then, he, and then he gave me different arenas of, of sorrow and, and how there's so many people, even in the church today, uh, that, that carry sorrow and that have sorrow and feel sorry and feel guilty and feel condemned about uh, different things, their past, uh, you know, different things that have come up in their life. And if you remember last week, I gave you the three areas of sorrow. Number one was just that. It was the sorrow from your past. And, and you know, the Lord says, forget those things which lie behind and, and press on to the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so um, we want to be able to, to understand that concept. People, so many people today carry sorrow because they carry still the weight, the guilt, uh, you know, of what they've done, the choices that they've made in the past. And you need to get free from that. God doesn't want you to live there. When he made you new, that's exactly what he did, is he made you brand new. The old is gone. And the old man is gone. The old shame, the old guilt, uh, all those things are gone. And the new has come. So we shouldn't carry sorrow uh, from things that have happened in our past, whether they were your fault or not. There's so many people that still have guilt and condemnation. And if you truly understand God and the, and the gift of righteousness that he's given to you, uh, then you won't carry that guilt because you know it's not anything I could have ever done and he never based it on what I did anyway. He never based it on any work that I ever did. He just gave me the gift. He gave me the gift of righteousness. He just made me right. He put me in right standing before him. And that's a reason to rejoice because there's not anything I can do to make him love me more or, or now he is pleased by your faith. So don't misunderstand. He's looking for your faith to operate and you can disobey the word of God, but he loves you, but you can walk in an arena of his love more, more adequately and more efficiently when you're in truth and, and walking in obedience. So let go of the past. Let that go. The second one was sorrow from loss. Um, and I had given the illustration of us as a church body. This is a very fresh thing to us. Um, but, but because of losing uh, Miss Jane, but there are multiple areas in our life of, uh, that we've experienced loss, whether it's family members, divorce, uh, you know, just an area of loss in our life. Uh, that God wants to set you free from that and doesn't want you to dwell in the grieving process. And I, I had said this to you last week, that there's a difference between grieving properly and, and in a healthy manner as opposed to allowing a spirit of grief to come upon you. And the enemy is there ready uh, for you to stay in that and allow a spirit of grief to come and, and rest upon you. And there are many people who live that way who are continually grieving 
and have not overcome and have not been set free. Uh, and that's why we've done in the past, and it's very important uh, for you as a woman, if you've ever experienced uh, gone through an abortion, because if you never grieved properly, uh, God wants to set you free. Because uh, for a woman who's had an abortion, the guilt and the shame that comes with that and the self-destructive behavior uh, at times is huge. And God desires that we be free from that mourning and that grieving. And, and so those, those are all areas of loss. Now, the third one that I said to you was the ones that we deal with, uh, you know, we can deal with this on a, on a daily basis. Being sorry or sorrowing because of um, hurt, pain, worry, offense, annoyances, somebody just annoys you, sadness of body or mind, or to be heavy or distressed. Now, the definition for sorrow from Nehemiah, it means this, to be displeased, to hurt, or to have pain, to worry in pain or anger, to labor and become angry or afflicted, to be uneasy, offended, annoyed, distressed, or to, or to be heavy. That's what sorrow means. And that word strength, when it says the joy of the Lord is your strength, that word strength means a place of safety, protection, refuge. It's a stronghold for you a fortress, a rock, a fortified place. It's strength. It means it makes you strong and it makes you firm. And then joy is not a feeling. It is not, it has nothing to do with circumstantial happiness. Joy is just that. It is a spiritual force in your life. It literally strengthens you. And that's why when you least feel like it, you need to put it on. Joy is a choice that you make. Because if you only walk in what you would think is joy when you feel it, that's not joy. Joy is faith. In other words, I'm not feeling it, but God, you're worthy. And I rejoice, and I, again, I'm gonna rejoice. And I can say, ha, 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 I'm not moved by my circumstances. Joy is a choice. It is something that you've got to put on, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Remember, I said this last week that if, you're cold, if I'm cold and, and someone gives me a coat to put on, well, then I feel warm, but it wasn't until after I put the garment on. It's the same with, with the garment of praise or, or, you know, the robe of righteousness. You got to put those things on. Feelings will follow faith. Do not be led by feelings because feelings will lead you in the ditch and in despair every time. But if you'll live by faith, your feelings will line up with that. We live by faith. This church lives by faith. So remember, uh, the things that you experience are just a moment. They're just a, a, a second in time, the trials that you go through. You don't have to, the Bible says, don't let your heart be troubled. In, in other words, he's not telling you, um, he's already taken the trouble away. He's already taken all those things away. He's saying, you, Matt, don't let your heart be troubled. You are the one to not let your heart be troubled. 
And listen, we as believers, if we go around and we don't have joy and we're sorrowful and we have no peace in our lives, no wonder, no wonder the people of the world look at some of us and go, I don't want anything that they have. They're no different. There's nothing different. I remember uh, when I worked at the group home, or not the group home, a juvenile detention center back in Oklahoma. And they, they, it, was, it was God that I got that job in the first place because I was not qualified for it. Uh, but they told me, you cannot mention, um, they knew I was a believer, you cannot mention Jesus, uh, anything about your faith, unless they ask you. And if they ask you, you can. So my prayer was, God, with every touch, with every word I say, you know, with everything that happens, let them be in a position where they'll say, what is it? You know, and, and that happened. It happened. And when we were at the group home, same thing. We said, God, when we're here, you're here. And if you're here, their lives can't help but change. And, and when we walk in a room, when we walk in uh, our jobs, our home, wherever we are, there ought to be a joy about us. There ought to be a peace about us where people know that they can come to you. They may not even know why they're coming to you, but they can come to you for answers and they will come to you for answers. Let me go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. I'm just going to read multiple scriptures uh, on the joy of the Lord today, and then we're just going to obey uh, the direction the Spirit of God wants us to go in. Uh, while you're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to tell you 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10 says that we are to be, it says, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Sorrowful but always rejoicing. Now, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. This is the most not real part of you that lives. The inside of you is the most real thing there is. The Holy Ghost is reality. We need to have a reality check. He is real. Your spirit man is being renewed day by day, even though the outward man is decaying. Now, your outward man will be quickened and strengthened by the Holy Ghost, but your inward man can get stronger and stronger and stronger. And the mind of Christ that you have can continue to grow and, and, and learn. We've got we've to work it on the inside. That's the most real thing. So the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is what? But for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's just a moment. It's just a moment. And that's why the scripture says, count it all joy. That word count it means you deem it. You call it, it needs to be the lead. It needs to go before, it needs to be commanded. You've got to command that joy to step on the scene. You're the one that does that. You count it joy. You, when you face trials, remember these trials are just a moment. They're just a moment. They're just a, a brief Compared to God, and a, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day to him, it's nothing. 
And you gotta be able to look at your trials when they come and go, I'm not moved. It is nothing. It's just a moment. And I'll rejoice anyway. I'm gonna count this thing joy. I'm gonna deem it joy. I'm gonna call it joy. And people might think you're crazy. And I'm not asking you to be weird either. I'm not saying, you know, go out and be weird. Um, you know, because there's weird people that are Christians. There, there are. Um, I remember when I, Matt's one, one of them. Uh, I remember when I was uh, at Rama and, and we would, uh, we would pass people, you know, on our way to class. And, and, you know, I was just learning and growing and I didn't have a clue about anything. And, um, and I, was, I would walk by, sometimes you'd walk by people and say, how are you? You know, hi, how you doing? And they would just go off in this long, I'm blessed, highly favored, you know, and, and I'm like, that was not even, that was not even real. You know, like they're not even really, that's not real. You know, it's got to be real to you. It can't just be because I heard my pastor say it or my teacher say it, so I'm going to say it too. It's got to be in you. It's got to be in your heart. You, you need to live from the inside out. That's why the heart is such a huge thing because we've got to allow healing for our hearts so that in turn we can bring um, you know, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness for others, the oil of joy for mourning for others. But we need to be whole and healthy. It doesn't mean he won't still use us in times of brokenness. I'm not saying that. But when you're complete and you're whole and you're healthy and you're not still struggling with the same thing that you've dealt with for 10 years, if you're going around the same mountain and the same, God wants to set you free. You don't have to. We ought to be, the Bible says, going from glory to glory and from faith to faith, not staying in the same position that we've been in. First Peter chapter one. I'm gonna get there. First Peter chapter one. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, listen, this is for us, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse six, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials and a little, for just a little while. That tells us we ought not to stay grieved. We ought not to stay heavy. Just for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may the genuineness of your faith may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love. Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Joy, rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. That's big. Uh, there's, there's a level of rejoicing that we need to get to. 
that we need to put on. There is, uh, there is joy and there is exceeding joy. And there may be some of us that's tasted a bit of joy, but he wants to give you exceeding joy, exceeding joy. He's looking for your faith, man, I'm telling you. And your faith is that when those trials come, I'm counting that thing joy. I'm not moved. God, you're faithful. I know the report that I'm gonna believe. That's faith. We've gotta live this thing out. Proverbs 15, 13 says, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. That means your face. Your face looks happy. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow, that means you're, you've been wounded. By sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. That word merry means joyful, glad, joyful and showing joy and those who rejoice. It makes your face look glad. Um, we, some of us need to get it on our face and, and put it on because sometimes when we walk through things, we carry that thing and you can see it. There's some of us that you can see it on and, and you can look right at them and know they are struggling, they're dealing with something. And it doesn't mean we're not all gonna have moments, but it's gotta be just that, a moment. And we ought not to see you every week and that same look be on your face. Your face ha should change. Verse 15 says, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who, who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. A continual feast. Verse 23, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. The words of your mouth, because you're calling it joy. You're saying it. Psalms 33, one, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Proverbs 17, 22. I'm gonna go through these, but I want you to receive every second of it. Uh, receive them. Receive the word of God because it is alive. Uh, but I wanna, I wanna get to where he wants to go. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Isn't it true? Yeah. Merry heart does good like a medicine. You know, uh, in, your, in your natural physical body, when you laugh, uh, you know, it releases endorphins and things, uh, you know, in your body that, that causes your body to be healthy and right and your, your chemicals to be lined up and in order. You ought to laugh more and it's okay for you to stir that up, because sometimes we need to stir that up. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Remember, that's sorrow number three, that we're letting the cares of life, um, you know, things that have bothered us, upset us, wounded us, hurt us, um, scare us, things that we're dreading, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The joy of the Lord is a good word for us. Nehemiah 2.2, I gave this one to you last week. Therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad since you're not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. 
Remember, I, I read that to you last week. Uh, it, he says here, why is your face so sad? You're not sick. There's nothing going on in your body. Oh, I know. It's because you're sorrowful in your heart. We're to not let our heart be troubled. Amen. Let me read to you the answer for the parable of the sower in Luke chapter eight. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while and in a time of temptation fall away. In other words, they receive it with joy. We receive this word tonight with joy. We received it last week and every week with joy, but a trial comes and it, we're all done with that word. You know, the flesh kicks in. I, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, raising my voice. I'm, I'm letting anger take over. Um, it, you fall away in that moment. Now, the ones that fell among the, the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. All through the book of Philippians, uh, it says rejoice, have joy. And we know some of the things that Paul went through is way more intense than some of the trials we face. Way more intense. So Philippians 4 says rejoice in the Lord always again. Wonder why he had to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and tells us, what things to think on. You, you are the one that has dominion right here. And so when you wake up in the morning and you're bombarded, you're the one that takes dominion there. You're the one that says, I'm going to think on things that are true, noble, just, pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, that's what I'm going to meditate on. That's what I'm going to choose to think on. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If he's telling us to rejoice always, then it must be a choice. If he's telling us knowing and also telling us that you're going to face trials, but I'm telling you anyway to rejoice. You're going to face trials of many kinds, but I'm telling you anyway, rejoice. And again, I say it, rejoice always. Be thankful in everything, in all circumstances. He's telling you how to overcome in life. He's telling you how to overcome. We choose to re rejoice. Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you're persecuted, when you have trials, when things come against you, the Bible says you're blessed. 
So we ought to look blessed and we ought to act blessed. We ought to respond blessed when trials come to us. Because the scripture says we are blessed because Jesus faced those same, same things. You are blessed when you come under those things. Luke chapter six, verses 22 and 23 says, blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Listen to verse 23, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For indeed your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. How many people do we see leaping for joy? Leaping for joy. I'm just saying, I mean, we could go up a notch or two. It says when you face trials, it says rejoice in that day and leap for joy and leap. So we ought to see some leaping around here sometimes. You know, here and there, if you go leaping down the little aisle, I'm going to rejoice. So don't hesitate to leap. It tells us rejoice and leap for joy. We've allowed the devil to rob us. We have allowed it. The devil cannot steal anything. He is under your feet. We have allowed him to take our joy, to take our peace. The Bible says, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So if you are in believing, then you have joy and peace. If you don't have joy and peace, you ain't in believing. You're not in faith if there's no joy and no peace. The scripture says it. I'm not saying it. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, when you know where you're seated, you know, like Ephesians says, um, that I'm seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, like Jesus says, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. I'm seated there. You're seated there. And so everything that, that it says in the scripture, is, it says the devil is under his feet. So he's under my feet. So when I understand my righteous position in Christ, then I'll have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. When you know who you are, it's not anything that I can do, but it's Christ that lives in me. It's the anointed one that lives in me. You can have, listen, you can have peace and joy all the time, all the time. Don't um, be mad at me for saying that. I felt somebody bark at me or something. D don't, not really bark. I'm not saying somebody's demon possessed. Um, sorry, I just keep having these dog things come up last week. I don't know what, where that's coming from. Uh, I'm saying you can have peace and joy all the time. You can. It doesn't matter. Now, I'm not saying your feelings are always going to feel peaceful and they're always going to feel joyful, but they will line up. They have to line up, but it's because of your step of faith. It's because you chose, I'm, I'm putting it on today. The oil of joy. 
I've got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You got it. You got this. My husband asked me if I was going to sing. I was like, I don't know. Why are you asking if I'm going to sing? I might. Okay. Uh, Where was I? Oh, I got it. And let me say this. Just because you need something does not mean you're in faith. He knows your needs even before you ask him, why don't you have the answer to him? Because you're not putting on joy and faith. He knows what you need. It's not just saying, God, you see my needs. He knows what your needs are. Before you even lay down your petition before him. So what you've got to do is put on faith and say, okay, God, you see this need. You know exactly what I need here. And so, Father, I thank you by faith. We got it. I've got it. I'm not moved. I'm not moved by the lack of finance that I see or anything that I see or any symptoms that I'm feeling in my body. I'm not moved. I got it. And you got to be able to say that even when you ain't feeling it. Because that's what faith is. This is real life. This is real faith. We got to quit just coming to church and doing the faith role when we're here. And when we talk to our faith friends on the phone, not our stuffed animal faith friends, our real faith friends. When we, when we talk to them on the phone, uh, we've got to live this thing out. Because it's only between you and God. And if you, you yourself, your husband can't do it for you, your best friend can't do it for you, if you yourself don't get in a position where you put it on daily and you're in his presence and his presence is fullness of joy, you're in his presence, you're spending time with him, you're, you're there and you're causing things to happen, nobody's gonna do it for you. You're, you're the one to cause faith and things to move. You're the one to have faith so things do move. In the midst of trials, in the midst of circumstances, Psalms 34. When you're in his presence, there is fullness of joy. That's why you got to get in his presence when there's trials, when there's things that are happening. Psalms 34. Uh, Reverend Keith Moore had us say this every class, every single class at Ramah. Um, when we got in there, and honestly... Um, we didn't always feel like it. And he may not have always felt like it. But every time we got in class, Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear thereof and be glad. Oh, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And that's only in me because he made us do that. But, and, and the reason he did it, uh, that class was called Praise Life, because if you don't have a praise life, if you don't put, if you don't put it on, I have wild hair. I don't like wild hairs. Uh, if you don't put it on, um, it, what was I saying? <laughs> praise Life. Um, you've got to have a praise life. You've got to bless the Lord at all times. It, it, again, he wouldn't say bless the Lord at all times. 
His praise should continually be on my mouth. Always, always, always let it be on your mouth. Always. I'm expecting and, and, and trusting that we're gonna take this up a notch as a body. Letting his praise be always on our lips, always in our mouth. I'm close. Acts chapter two. Listen, when the Holy Ghost fell, it, the oil of joy was there. When the Holy Ghost fell, he is the spirit of, go, of joy. God sits in the heavens and, and he laughs. Jesus was full of joy. The children loved him. I'm not gonna read all of Acts chapter two, but let's go to verse 40. It says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received, received his word were baptized. And that day about 3000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. The fear of the Lord is huge upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continually daily, so continuing daily with one accord, listen to how they were, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness, and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Do you think if we became in such a position where we're in one accord and we are, um, you know, understand the kingdom concept of, you know, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine, and we just continue to give, give to the church, give to, to one another, and that we came together with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. You know how, then all those people came and got saved. You know, I, I, I should have looked it up, but that scripture that I quoted last week that I didn't know where it was in either, um, says because of the people, because of their joy, um, it, it, it's referencing that people who were of the world were moved because of it, were, were moved to come because of it. If we get this, this joy, this peace, this coming together and gladness, listen, gladness means exultation, extreme joy and exceeding joy. Exultation means the act of exulting, and it also means living lively, joy at success or victory or at any advantage gained. Do we have the advantage? We do. Great gladness, rapturous delight, triumph. Exultation may be a lively joy springing from laudable causes. And that word singleness of heart means, the word single means, get this, opposite of doubleness. So, uh, what that means is you're not double-minded. Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, every trial that comes, anything that you're up and I can shout and rejoice and then the trial comes and I hit the pit. That's not how we're supposed to live. Go ahead and come on up. I wanna read a scripture to you um, because of what I just said. And then I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Psalms chapter 16, verses 5 through 11 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol or my soul in hell, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalms chapter 30, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from the grave. I'm gonna tell you, he brought my soul from the grave. And I know many of us could say that. I know where I was. I know what he delivered me out of. And he delivered my soul. And it doesn't mean I've arrived. We're always, we're always being transformed. We're always being transformed. Uh, but he delivered my soul out of hell, for sure. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints. And give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. And his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing, and you have put my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I'll give thanks to you forever. Psalms 5.1 says, let all those Rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. I could read you countless. I have more just on my page of scriptures uh, that tell us to rejoice and choose joy. Now listen, this is how the Holy Ghost wants to move tonight. Um, Brother Barry told me Saturday night when we were leaving prayer. Now, in our corporate prayer and fasting, um, um, joy was there. Uh, joy came, and, and Pastor Mike operated in some joy uh, during our prayer time. And I'm going to tell you, God's doing something in us and in our hearts and in this body. And I saw the end of a, the Rama camp meeting last night and they were rejoicing and dancing and praising and they didn't care. And they didn't care what was happening and going on. So I'm gonna tell you in those three areas, this, this is gonna hit most of us. Number one, okay, you've been carrying the sorrow of past. You've been heavy in an area because you just haven't let go of something in the past. You need to do an act of faith tonight, okay? Whether it's you start out with a walk and then maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do something. Or number two, you had a loss in your life, whether it be a death, whether it be um, a divorce, whether it be death, separation that's happening right now, 
uh, in some kind of way, you need to put on the oil of joy for mourning. I know you feel mourning. I know you're experiencing that mourning, but you need to put on the oil of joy. Now listen, I got a little oil of joy right here in my pocket. Um, funny, I, people have been giving me joy, uh, these things. I didn't have any, and now I have four of them, and they all say oil of joy and oil of gladness on them. So I got some, and if I feel like I need to come slap some on you, I will. Okay? Now, number three. Number three is the cares of life have weighed you down. Now, this doesn't mean that you, uh, you, you, if you dance or shout or anything that, that, oh, you just must be having a hard, 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 hard time. I'm talking about one little area. I'm talking about one area that you allowed some heaviness to creep in where there's no faith and you realize I let a little heaviness and depression uh, come in there. I brought my little uh, Wonder Woman um, fidget spinner that my girls got for me. Yeah, give it to me. Um, and I like this thing because I, 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 I like Wonder Woman. But, uh, but this thing doesn't give me joy. And it doesn't give me peace. And it doesn't make me focus any more than what I do. It doesn't do that for me. But I, love Wonder, I like Wonder Woman. I like that movie. And I'll tell you what I like about it is that at the very end, uh, that devil, uh, whatever his name was, said, Kill, uh, kill her. She ain't worth it. And Wonder Woman said, it's not about what she deserves. It's about what I believe and I believe in love. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and so I was like, yes, can I get some of these to put on my arms? I want some. Cause I walk around and do this stuff. I'll do that to people. So I'm telling you, it ain't about what you deserve. Because you don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. But you got to get up. Get up and rejoice.